I'm Felina. And I'm Summer. And you are listening to Broke and Broken. <laughs> because we're both. The podcast about living your best life by getting real. Hey, broken people. This is Summer. And this is Felina calling in remotely today. <laughs> and today uh, I have with me Annie. Um, you may remember her from episode five. Hello. <laughs> Welcome, Annie. <laughs> Thank you. So, uh, Felina had this amazing idea about talking about what, what, what did you call it? The mom bod? Uh, yeah, uh, the mom bod, yeah. I, well, and I called it the apron. I, at least that was my defect or quote-unquote defect that I call my little pooch from uh-huh. having my C-section. Uh-huh. The mother's apron. I think I'd, I'd read that term somewhere okay. online, and I was like, ugh, that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I like that term, but... Uh... Yeah, I'm like, I mean, it exists, but I don't really like it. It makes me sound like an old spinstress that, like, bakes all the time I don't know I mean not that like baking's bad it just you're like, it makes me feel it makes me feel old and I'm gonna right. like it we can come up with a new term you're like I'm not a granny <laughs> status yet give me a minute <laughs> it's like permanent granny panties I don't know. <laughs> yeah and I mean that's what because we talked about this for a minute when Carmen was on and that's what she was saying because she's um she has a waxing business okay. and she's like I assure you that is extremely common <laughs> So, because um, I have, I didn't have a C-section, but I have um, the permanent pooch because I went back to law school the day after I got out of the hospital with my last one. And so when you're up and around too much, you damage those muscles and they can't fit back together. So the only way to fix that is surgically, well, you live with it. Yeah. I honestly don't even probably know what's going on down there under all the fat <laughs> like because I didn't have a c-section either and after I had my youngest I really wasn't that overweight but when I went to work full-time like you know then I had like an almost two-year-old a four-year-old and then the eight-year-old that was my stepdaughter that we had all the time and then I went to work full-time mm-hmm. and it was like I just put on so much weight between the stress and changing, being just so much busier and eating out more definitely played a part in it if you're gone all the time. And so like, even though I've been down closer to where I was after I had my youngest, I'm still not even sure what's going on with the (laughs) muscles because they're, I put on so much fat around my middle. They're kind of like hidden. Yeah, like I'm not really sure what's under the tire anymore. <laughs> It'll be. <laughs> That's a I, to put it. Oh I'm God. just saying. I'm like right now. I'm back to you know. I'm trying to eat healthier, which really isn't as much about the weight as it is. I don't I sleep feel. as good. I don't sleep as good when I'm heavier. I start snoring. Like there's a lot of actual right. physical things that make me miserable. My mobility changes, which I hate. Because I gained so much weight around the middle. It is like having a wearing attire. And that's where you... And so, yeah. So, I think this year when I lose it, and the goal is to start doing strength training, I'm done with cardio. Okay. If the the apocalypse comes, I'm just going to die. But (laughs) I I will be fit. (laughs) That's my goal is I just want to be stronger. But cardio does not work for me. So, it'll be interesting if I can meet that goal. Like, let's say in a year, year and a half. What is actually under this? Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's an interesting question. <laughs> It'll be a surprise. So how do you <laughs> surprise? What a 
I'm surprised. <laughs> it may be good, it may be bad, I don't know. If there's any gems out here uh, listening, we, I mean, we just gave you a great marketing strategy uh, right there. <laughs> find out what's underneath that fat suit. <laughs> and like middle working class or upper middle class and they put so much value on what people look like I mean you think about the term how many times have someone has someone told you oh, you know she's she looks so nice no yeah, she's fucking that pretty right that doesn't mean she looks <laughs> nice you're what you look like on the outside has nothing to do with the actual value of who you are as a person. Yeah. And I just think at some point I realized that everybody else that was magically super pretty and fit and thin, mm -hmm. that they tended to kind of struggle more with who they were on the inside. Mm -hmm. And I kind of feel like I'd rather struggle with on the outside than on the inside because I don't place as much value on so it's what I look like. Shifting perspective. Uh -huh. That's so. wonderful. I really like that perspective. And that's how it should be. I mean, the pressure of society to... Uh, I, I like that you pointed out that like the pr pressure of society to be beautiful, it really has its consequences for people who are pretty and, and attractive and, and it's easy for them. You know, They don't know who they are on the inside and that is a really huge challenge as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I like that perspective. I yeah, because a lot of way. them, I mean, a lot of people who, you know, have taken that next level, like not, you know, not just like, oh, naturally pretty and lean. That's genetics. Yeah. I mean, that's like winning the lottery. You know, you, you just did. Okay. Right. And then there's a whole other group of people who are obsessed with how they look, which is a lot of what I see in the office are these women don't even have jobs. And they, I mean, they literally go to the gym like an hour, hour and a half a day. I cannot imagine having the expandable time in right. my life no, me either. to do an well, hour a day. The, yeah, that's one of the hindrances of mm -hmm. having, you know, a busy life and kids and providing for your kids and all that. I mean, yeah. Um, and it also is a factor where we don't put as much importance on ourselves, you know, like we don't put ourselves first when we should, because in order for us to be any good to anybody else, we have to take care of ourselves. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, I think I, I see a lot of women and I've been guilty of it as well, where I have just given, 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 given oh, yeah. to where I'm so ran down that I look up and I've got big bags under my eyes. I've gained 10 pounds and. I'm hardly sleeping, you know, and it can happen really quick too. Like you just periods of stress and, and all of that, um, you know, taking care of ourselves is so important, but it's hard when you can't find the time and you got kids and, and all that. It's a constant struggle that I think women deal with a lot more than, 
than men, and it's detrimental to our health that we can't uh, find more balance. It is, and it's really hard because I'm married, but I'm married to somebody that is, again, in a freak gene pool of <laughs> hyper-metabolism. Very, very He's very thin. And, I mean, literally eats whatever he wants in the worst crap imaginable. Really? I mean, like, it's not like, oh, he eats healthier but more. No, he does not. He no, eats nothing crap. but processed <laughs> sugar and lives off of biscuits and gravy, fried chicken, burritos, and processed cheese and right. cereal. I mean, like, he eats more in snack calories and snacks, okay, than I do my entire calories for the day, and he's really thin right so and, i live yeah. it does not help living right, with people who you know view your healthy cooking as a punishment right <laughs> well, and, and can we talk about the fact that thin does not equal healthy if we I, and I, he, I use, yes i hear i see those words used interchangeably all the time yes it's and true. and you see if you read the comment section of the internet um, <laughs> no on, on every fat shaming on every photo that they fat shame and that's the first thing that they say it's like that's unhealthy you're promoting an unhealthy lifestyle like actually I have totally seen. He's a perfect it can example. Your risk factors, but it does not equal thin. Does not equal health. No, it doesn't. And I've seen big, healthy people too, who were bigger, who worked out, who ate good. I mean, that's again, that's uh -huh. just their part of the genetics. Right. But I know where I'm at, like where my body is right now, is not in that healthy section. But if you got to down to thin, thin, you wouldn't be healthy. No, and technically my my goal that. weight is technically still overweight. I remember right. actually that was part of what triggered a lot of weight gain when I first started going back to work was going in to get birth control pills, which is, you know, at that age, really the only time you were going to the doctor was probably like an annual exam, mm -hmm. was with me anyways. And so I went in and they started griping me about my weight and I was not very big at all. I was maybe a size 10 or 12. Yeah, see, that's where I'm at. And, and they literally were telling me I was obese. Mm -hmm. And I left there destroyed because I didn't feel obese. To me, that you was weren't. like a really dirty. I wasn't. It was a really dirty word. Mm -hmm. And it's because if you put me on that little chart that they the, have the chart. I the have BMI, way too yeah. much yeah muscle mass right. and I can never weigh what they say I'm gonna weigh so no, like my goal like, weight is only 180 right I mean yeah. and I'm five six and it's like I know if I get there I would be very happy and I don't care anymore what the doctor says so and, I'm five six and, and uh, I'm like at 173 something like mm -hmm. that so like I'm probably close to what your goal weight is and I lost about 30 pounds like a year ago, something mm -hmm. like that, and I haven't been able to shake the baby weight forever. Um, I mean, I've been my daughter's nine. Um, I started eating keto. I just started focusing on what I was eating instead of exercising because yeah. I was killing myself exercising and it wasn't working. Yeah, <laughs> and I struggle with. I have to be super careful and careful in our house because both of the girls are very petite, naturally thin. And so I had to be so careful whenever I would, quote, diet, to not make it about what I looked like, you know, uh, because sure. I didn't want them to feel like I wasn't okay with how I looked, and I did not want them to feel like you had to be curvy to be pretty. 
Because that's kind of an ongoing thing right now. And both of them, one's 22 and one's 14, they both bring that up all the time. That they, that right now is, the standard of beauty has actually switched back a little more to being that curvy. You can't make yourself look like that. You're either you born, like that or you don't. you're either born that thin curvy or you're not. There, right. there is no way to make that happen. And so I always am so self-conscious about um, how my words could affect them because I do not want them to ever feel like because Absolutely. they're thin, that's not good. And I still Absolutely. want them to eat healthy. Right. Even though they're thin, they should be eating healthy. Right. And I'm lucky. The younger one is really good. good. She loves vegetables. You know, she she does love sugar, like candy stuff. But she's is in track because she's in summer track, so I kind of let I don't nitpick that. But because she eats so many vegetables and healthy meats, but the older one, oh my god, that child lives off of macaroni and cheese still and chicken nuggets. Yeah, and I think the <laughs> I think thinking about the messaging we give to kids is huge because that's part of what happens Absolutely. with my internal dialogue because. I was always naturally thin when I was young. And so now, but once I started getting chronically ill, that's when I gained weight. But it's because, and I've lost down several times. And then I realized when I'm at that weight in the BMI where they say I'm supposed to be, I'm sick constantly. My yeah. immune system does not work. And, um, and so I'm sick. So I have to stay a little bit above that. But that, there was a long time that I had, you know, this internal thing about I didn't, like, I didn't, I, I struggled with, you know, if I was happy with how I looked. Because when I was a kid, I, my, my um, when, when my mother put on weight, dad would make comments. He would call her buffalo. He would make whale jokes. He would tell her she needed to lose weight. And he would always. I cannot it. believe he survived. <laughs> well, she, yeah, no, but, I mean, my dad used to say to me, my dad said to me uh -huh. directly, nobody's going to marry you, going to want to marry you because you're too fat. Oh, you need to lose some weight. Oh, my God. Like, yeah, <laughs> and. What's wrong with that statement? <laughs> and, and dad would say, would, would be like, oh, I'm just joking, right? How they do in the jokes. And, and my dad was like, nope, I'm not kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dad, he didn't even try to glaze like, it over no, in, the, in the guise of a joke. Word. Right. <laughs> you know, someone will marry you. That's your value. And no one's right. going to want to do that, Chatty. Like, that was the right. direct message. Right. And Dad, Dad's thing was, well, she was thin when I married her. I wouldn't have married her if she was this big. And, like, she was a child when you married her. So let's go there. Because... Right. You know, I mean, she was a child bride. Of course she was thin. She wasn't even grown yet. Like, and, you know, she still looked like a child. And so, like, I, and I remember when I was a kid, uh, what was I, like, maybe seven or eight, maybe a little older, she got kidney stones from taking the damn uh, grapefruit for, uh, um, diet pills. And she yeah. was, like, constantly on diet pills and stuff. And so I was always, like, I never want to diet because yeah, there's such a negative association with dieting with me because well, of I feel all like of that. If like, we eh. had never heard the word diet before and we had never tried to diet one time, I've thought about this in depth, uh -huh. I would probably actually weigh less. 
Right, because, because you don't have I feel like cycle. yeah, because I feel like every time you try to get put in that hole, there's more pressure. People tend to get more judgy when you're doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, you hear little comments here and there. Should you, you know, be eating that? You know, and well, it's like, and then well, okay. you slide so, off into worse, and your body just doesn't handle it very good. Mm-hmm. So I think it's about changing the way that. I mean, I personally have been trying to change the way that the word diet is used like this is my diet as in like this is how i eat yeah right this is my lifestyle how i eat this is not a fad this is not a thing i'm gonna do for a little bit like this is how i eat like i eat low carb and high protein and high fat because that's what works for me that's my diet it works for my body and you know not everybody's the same and figuring out what works for you and what you're like you know and then sticking to it as like a, a lifestyle and that's how my daughter sees it like I don't use the word diet very often she just knows you know how we eat right and and you know she knows that the reason I started eating keto was not because I was unhappy with my body it was because I have fibromyalgia and the sugar and carbohydrates right. And were just causing me to be inflamed mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah. And so by cutting that out, I, you know, the weight loss was just a side effect. But she knows that I started having more energy and started being able to do more with her. And that's what she, you know, associates with it. So I like try to get her to eat healthy and, and focus on how it makes her feel. Right. We don't ever talk about how it makes us look. Like it, it, that's never a conversation. Yeah, I think that's very important because we we are create helping them create their relationship with food yeah it is i mean looking at it this is how i take care of my body as opposed to this is what's going to affect that number on the scale well and i (laughs) still i've you know i've called out parents even the last couple years who try to force their kids to eat everything on their plate when they're three four five six years old and it's like i mean i'm just i can't stop myself i'm like why would you do that like, if they were hungry, they would eat. Forcing kids at a young age to eat everything on their plate sets a terrible, terrible standard for what the what food really means. Right. Food should be about nurturing your body and providing it food, mm-hmm. not forcing somebody to sit there and eat. Now, we had a rule where, okay, you didn't finish your food. That was fine. You don't get ice cream five minutes later. Right. (laughs) If you turn around and ask me for ice cream, I'm going to say clearly your body is still hungry for food. You need to go sit down and eat. But I hate seeing, and I think we, most of us grew up where you probably wasn't super healthy because we didn't have a ton of money. You're thinking like canned veggies even and all that, you know, fried food and you know, white bread, and you were the milk. expectation, and he has the milk and mm. cereal and all this stuff that's really terrible Cheerios. for your body. Yeah. It really is. Cheerios. Yes, it's so bad for your body, and oh, no, 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 you ex- no. in most kids, they're uh, the spaghettios. Spaghettios. Yeah. Yes. They're forced. With the slides, Frank. Thank you very much. Yeah, they're like <laughs> forced to eat all their food, and I learned. Like, when my kids were little, I found myself doing that, and I thought, no, this is terrible. Right. Yeah. Like, this is part of what's wrong with me. When I go out to eat dinner somewhere, I'm like, well, I paid all this money for this food. I have to eat it. No, you don't. Take it home. You don't have to do that. But it's that trained behavior from when I was a kid Mm -hmm. of, you're supposed to eat all the food on your plate. Mm -hmm. And I think that most kids, 
their, their bodies really aren't made to have like big meals like adults have and that's why they that don't they eat so your much stomach is only like the size of your fist or something yeah I mean, when you think about how little ours is even and we're expecting kids to eat adult portions and well, beyond and that you will eat it all no, well you, if you compare you. a toddler okay to like a like a longer distance runner mm-hmm. their their diets they eat small tiny like 200 calorie to 400 calorie meals like two to four like all the time right like that's how they keep their metabolism where it's at this high energy you think about what a toddler's their body is doing Mm -hmm. it's the same thing that's why they're always hungry but it's like parents fight with them about not eating these big meals because they want them to eat three big meals yeah yeah oh the three big meals thing is stupid it is like it's totally not how we're supposed to eat it's not how our bodies work at all no I think it's, I, it's I, the worst habit. I think that's really where a lot of the weight gain for me came from is getting over hungry, being too busy, and then sitting down and eating way too much food at one time because I'd be over hungry, oh, yeah. tired, and your starving. For it. And then it's like, oh, you know, my body is like, oh, shit, something's wrong in the world. We're all about to die. Clearly, we need to get fat. And it did that very efficiently. Your <laughs> body's very good at that. <laughs> well, and my my grandmother would, and she tells you very clearly when you're upset. Anytime you're upset, she bakes for you. Oh, I don't. and so it's always like sweet, whatever. And she would tell you that she's like, when you get upset, you eat something or ice cream. She'd give you ice cream too. You eat something like this, and it makes you feel better. I'm like, well, that's not damaging at all. Thanks. Now I oh eat my, my feelings. So, and not just that, but probably every celebration. Yes. Right, every time you did something good or graduation or your Everything. birthday, again, so it's when we're super happy and when we're sad, yeah. we're supposed to be eating, which, let's face it, that's I all eat, time. I'm eating the worst food imaginable. So, yeah, so now I eat my feelings, so thanks a lot, Granny. Um, yeah. I hate the candy being given as an award or reward. I know. Yes. It drives me insane. Like, Sophia ended a uh, piano lesson the other day and like we were out the door and her piano teacher comes out and is like oh you forgot your piece of candy and I'm like why are you giving my child candy you're giving her poison I was in a bad mood and I got on, on, on a rant like uh-huh. in the car my poor kid like she's gonna be terrified like she's gonna be more inclined to like try heroin over sugar <laughs> because I have like instilled the fear in her it like, is though sugar. it's the devil I agree are complaining about being hyperactive is they have sweet tea in their sippy sippy cup and <laughs> they're like eating fruit loops and you're like really <laughs> i mean don't you think there could be a slight chance that that behavior is linked with the direct you know line <laughs> of sugar that child is receiving ah, it can't be that it can't be that it's where's, gotta be where's that rolling <laughs> exactly <laughs> Oh my goodness. Oh, it's, it's just hard. And our lifestyle is so different, you know, even from like when we were, when I was in high school, we had, you know, there's animals to take care of and we were just busier now with the phone, you know, scrolling Facebook and reading and everything. 
I just feel like getting active is a problem. And I've developed a sun allergy, and that doesn't help either. Right. Because I can't get outside. It's kind of hard, and I don't really like exercising outside. So the few things I did like doing outside that were active, I've now can't really do. Well, when we hit the lottery and we quit our jobs, we can. <laughs> yeah, but I just think. It's an hour and a half a day. I mean, I just think that I decided at some point that my weight loss had nothing to do with what I looked like. I wanted to feel better because I really did realize when I lost the weight last time how much better my sleep was, how much more energy I had. And a lot of it, like you said, I agree, cutting out the sugar and the processed carbs and all of that really changed how I felt on a daily basis. Uh And to me, that's the motivation. It's when I get all depressed and bummed out and I devour cupcakes in parking lots, cry in the car kind of thing. Then you fall back off that wagon. It's like a serious drug, man. My problem, my food is usually good. My food intake, like I make healthy meals and stuff. It's the damn Dr. Pepper, Mountain Dew or whatever. I'll do good. I'll quit and I'll be good. I'm like a junkie, man. I'll do good for a while and then I'm like, one won't hurt. <laughs> and then there's like I'm mainlining it in the morning. <laughs> so I... That's me with like my my one cigarette a week. I'm like, <laughs> like I gotta have one. You know, I'm not. I'm like I'm not a smoker, but damn it, I'm gonna have a cigarette every now and then. I get wasted. <laughs> yeah, and alcohol is another problem. Oh, I yeah. I think oh, yeah. that. You know, you can have. I went to you. beer. Well, but see, remember, <laughs> I, my husband's an alcoholic, oh, so right. I, and he's fine. The beer doesn't bother him in the house at all, which is why I had started drinking more beer because I didn't want to bring vodka and stuff into the house. I mean, it's very clear I should not. Right. And so, but drinking, especially the craft beer, the dark beer, I mean, I just instantly gain weight, and yeah. even if I count calories, eat healthy, do everything right. If I have like, let's say six beer over the weekend, mm-hmm. you know, I will not lose weight. I will likely gain weight yep. no matter yeah. what. And I mean, it's, I realized it's, yep. it's just that sensitive that I absolutely cannot drink pretty much anything. Like you said, the vodka stuff isn't as bad, but it's much harder for me just to, so I just don't. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, I do like whiskey and uh, soda water, and that's about all Ooh. I can drink, and I sip on it, you know? I'll have, like, one whiskey, and for whatever reason, whiskey, like, good quality whiskey doesn't fuck with my, my weight loss, mm-hmm. or my stomach, because I've got some major issues with just my stomach, and I love beer, and I, like, when I drink... It tears beer, like, your stomach drink, up, yeah. It tears my stomach up, yeah. It you feels so bloated. If you, yeah. drink, if you drink a lot of beer, does that give you inflammation problems? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a gluten in it as well. Oh, uh, yeah. And the sugar. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, spirits not mixed with sugar aren't terrible. Right. Uh, you know, whiskey not mixed with, you know, it's the mi- mixing of alcohol with more sugar. Yeah, I can't do rum. Rum's freaking made from sugar cane. It's, like, terrible for me. Um, and, I mean, vodka, I don't do well on either, but it's made from potatoes. I don't know what the fuck whiskey is made from, but it doesn't bother me. <laughs> Corn? Is it? <laughs> Well, there's a rye, there's a rye whiskey, and then, then I, I think, think normally it's corn. corn. Yeah. yeah. Well, maybe that's which it. is I weird because that's still pretty starchy. 
I mean, corn uh, is still the, like... But corn pro- doesn't give me an inflammation problem where the other starches do. So there's got to exactly. be something in the breaking down. Yeah, but you, if you it. eat a whole potato that's a whole potato, can you imagine eating the same amount of corn, like, yes. weight-wise versus yes. a potato? Yes, I can. That would be... <laughs> Okay, I don't think I've ever had that much corn at one time. (laughs) (laughs) You have corn and you got cornbread and you've got your. But the the potatoes don't make me. Like a real potato doesn't make me bloat. Like a baked potato or a steamed potato. Really? It does me. I can't eat potatoes either. Wow. And the, yeah, type of, the type of potato can make a difference. Too. The like, type, yeah, because like they're more the starchy. Gold, mm-hmm. Like the, the golden potatoes, they're like not the, as the bad as the white potatoes. Yeah. Like red potatoes. Yeah, the red ones aren't as bad. Or, um, uh, there's like, oh, sweet potatoes. That's just the word I was looking for. Mm-hmm. Uh, sweet potatoes don't bother me at all. Yeah. Um, but they're also lower in carbohydrates. I think it's just the it's just the sheer carbohydrate content that bothers me because my body converts it to sugar. Right. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I mean, what, for whatever reason, whiskey doesn't bother me. And so I drink mostly whiskey or, or red wine every now and then. That doesn't seem to bother me too bad either. But that's about it. I don't really drink a whole lot of anything else. Uh, and even if I overdo it on those things, uh, it it's not like those things in and of themselves make me gain weight, but they somehow like fuck with my like function. Mm. So like my body stops like, being healthy and and like uh you know breaking shit down like it's supposed to you know kind of throws everything out of balance yeah so i mean i just i'm actually like not drinking right now uh i like fucked up i had an interview where i had to drink at the interview it's a thing uh but which Mm -hmm. is a whole societal problem but um (laughs) kind of is but yeah it is yeah um you know it's such an integrated part of like you know just business um but, uh, if you don't drink at all, they assume that, you're an alcoholic. <laughs> what? I said, and if you don't drink at all, they assume you're an alcoholic or can't handle right? it, so they don't yeah. hire you. Like, we literally were sat down and told this in law school. to Like, carry around a cup. <laughs> One all night, because yeah. you don't want to have too much, but you can't not drink at all, because yeah. then they're going to... I don't know. I think my new crowd's going to just, like, smoke weed and not drink, and, like... You're going to just be weird if you don't smoke weed. That's, I want that to become the new... But then I can't like, be weird anymore. I liked being weird. <laughs> <laughs> All those dumb weirdos who don't smoke pot. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm not. I'm just like thinking of board meetings like with a hookah in the middle. <laughs> Pass it around. Welcome to corporate America. That's how new ideas are right. That is how... Right? Can you imagine how much more chill board meetings would be? I want this. I have asked. I I have I have asked people. What do you suppose the ethics are on setting up a diffuser in the room when people come in? Because everybody just needs to calm down. I I I, I'm gonna petition for the boardroom bomb. Yes, it's a thing. We should make it a thing. Yeah. I mean, but if you think about it, that's the equate of what they're doing when they're all drinking. I know. I mean, it's like they they don't seem to understand that. Yeah. Most of them don't, but it really is, and it's a weird social, you know, expectation. It's strange. Right? Yeah. And, like, I play music, and, you know, I'm I'm either with attorneys who drink a lot or I'm with musicians who drink a lot. I'm, like, fucked. Like, (laughs) how can I escape it? And so I just, like, hole up and don't go out, and that's the only way I can not drink because I, like... I have no willpower if it's in front of me. 
to just like and it's not even like the alcohol itself it's just I want to hang and have a good time mm-hmm. you know and usually I'll like show up stoned and then I'm like you know I'm like oh, I'll just get really fucking stoned before I go out and then I won't want to drink and then I get out and I'm like sure that beer sounds great <laughs> right because when you're stoned that it seems like a good idea so good and then you're cross faded and just kind of like oh this was really terrible when you feel awful the next morning <laughs> There's no way to gauge your actual level of drunkenness when you start out stoned until it's too late. You're right. I mean, that's the problem is it's kind of like, you know, it's a very unpredictable scenario when you combine the two and then all of a sudden if you're not stoned anymore, it's like, oh shit, I'm this level. I did not want to be this level. (laughs) Your apron. 
I hate that term. It's terrible. Yeah, so, that's not so a good term. Now. Right? So did you struggle with that at all? Because I know you mentioned that before, like, you know, well, like you yeah, don't have a like, problem with wearing a bikini and, you know, a lot of women are like, I, I need to cover up. So. I, I don't anymore. I used to. You did? I mean, I've got like, I got that horrible mom apron and, and like stretch marks all over my stomach and I still wear a bikini. Cause I, I have stretch marks too. All over the place. Because uh, it's my body and I like it and I don't care. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it took me a while to get that attitude. Uh, you know, I didn't always feel that way. Um. I don't know. I just, uh, I, I remember feeling really self-conscious about having sex with someone other than my husband after we got divorced for mm-hmm. the first time. Because, mm-hmm. like, I was, like, you know, I, I was never, like, super, super thin by any means, but, like, never had this extra piece of flappy skin, you know? Right. I was like, what the fuck? I don't want to show this to anybody. Um, but, I don't know. I, I guess I just don't care anymore. Like, I just, it's just part of me, and after, you know, dealing with, like, childhood trauma and therapy and whatever, like, it just became a non-factor, you know, when you get comfortable in your own skin, you just like every part of yourself, and it doesn't matter anymore, I don't know, I mean, everybody's gonna have their thing that they don't like about themselves, and it's not about, like, fixing that thing, which, like, I think a lot of women who aren't dealing with, you know, the underlying issues of why they're trying to kill themselves to look good, uh, you know, don't understand. Like, it's not about fixing the outside, it's about fixing the inside so that you love the outside just as it is. Right. Deal with those root causes instead of the symptoms. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, like, I needed to go to therapy to deal with, you know, the shit my dad had said to me that made me not feel accepting of my own body and seek male attention and male approval. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I needed to, to deal with that and face that. And, uh, you know, just deal with a bunch of shit, like my mom not being around, my mom always being self-deprecating around me about her own self, and, you know, breaking patterns, and wanting better for my kids, so I don't do that, you know, right. I, I, I have to tell proud mom moment, um, okay. you know, I've been, like, harping on, like, positive body image forever with my daughter, like, since she was tiny, and uh, one day, a friend of mine was over here at my house, I've got a pool, I'm sitting on my back porch right now, staring at my pool, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> And uh, my friend was on a floaty, and she, like, hopped on it. And Sophia was, like, five or six years old. And she hopped on it, and she sank. And Sophia goes, why did you sink? And she goes, because I'm fat. And Sophia looks at her, and she goes, no, you're not. And don't say that about yourself. You should love yourself just the way you are, and you're beautiful. And, like, she just, like, spouted that out, like, right. That was, like, her immediate response to someone body shaming themselves at six years old. And at that moment, I was extremely proud of myself <laughs> and her because right. that's the message that everyone needs to learn. And if my six-year-old daughter has already figured that out, then, you know, she's going to survive in this world. Like, she's going to thrive. She's going to do well. You know, she's not going to let that kind of shit get in her way, which a lot of women do. I did, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's my proud mom moment. I tell that story a lot because it was awesome. Yeah, I don't know when I got there. I know I used to be kind of self-conscious it's probably getting older too and then yeah and because I had somebody ask me the other day the reason I was asking that I had somebody ask me the other day well aren't you don't you think more guys would be interested if you were more you know thinner like more and I'm like did you tell them to fuck off well no I mean she was being genuine because she's struggling with her uh weight and mostly because she's 
now um she's not overweight but she has she has finally finished developing and i'm like you're just grown now like this is your body there's nothing wrong with your body you're not overweight and you are you know fixating on things that like your body's healthy and you're strong right now that's not a bad thing you don't need to lose healthy muscle mass just because you know <laughs> you think you should look like you did when you were 15 and, right. and so she was being very genuine because that's what she's been struggling with is won't you know won't men find me more desirable if I'm thinner and I'm like but why would I want those men yeah my exactly like, the way you are the men you know I think there used to be a peer pressure on men that they were expected to like the thin girl you know what I mean but I feel like that's also been changing like men are becoming more accepting of their own personal preferences when I just kind of feel like mm-hmm. for every body type both male and female there's a match there's somebody who likes that you know that's you know right it's there's such variation sexually you know and like you know I've met men who are just like I want a big ass booty you know right. like yeah there's people with all sorts of preferences there's such a variation right. that there's yeah. no reason to harm ourselves to try to fit the and, that, and it goes both ways. Anyway. And it goes both ways. Absolutely, me. it does. Like women too. Like oh. like I like thin guys. Oh, it, yeah. it is not. And I can look at women. And I like cur- curvier women. And something women. It depends on how they're carrying themselves, how they look. You know, like those Attitude, kind of things. But Attitude and confidence goes. A it long does. Way. It does. But I think <laughs> with men, I do tend to like, and I always have thinner more naturally thin men and I think it there's women a lot of women who like really big dudes I think it's gross like no and that's not body shaming it's just like there's something physical about it that actually affects me like that like my mom loves like these big barrel like roly-poly hairy oh i can't do hairy <laughs> you know but you know what i'm saying yeah. like that big right. guy like the she, big teddy bear like she guy. you know and i don't think she realized how offensive it was because my my husband's a lot smaller than me and he was even when i was very thin and she made a comment about how her husband they he's passed on but she was like you know well he always said it was fine i could get as big as i wanted as long as i wasn't bigger than him and I just Damn. looked at her and I was like, are you fucking serious right now? Like, how is that not offensive to me? Right. But to her, it was like, she likes bigger guys. Yeah. So, yeah, she's bigger, but she likes big guys. Like, to me, like it doesn't smaller. bother me that I'm bigger than my husband. If that, that would be an insecurity within me. That doesn't have to do with him. That has to do with my own insecurity. Right. If you can't sleep with somebody that weighs less than you... That's that's so your weird. mental thing about right. being a chick about how we are expected to be smaller than men. Fuck you. I think that's the same a lot with uh, like know, women with the height thing too. Yeah, we like, talked about that the other day. It has to be a tall guy. Has to be taller than me. Why? I always remind them if, there's, if you ever watch good, who cares? Right? Well, there's a quote <laughs> in uh, if you ever watch the, the show Bones where Angela says. Short guys have better leverage. <laughs> so I would remind them of that. <laughs> like short guys have better leverage. I just so, never put that much importance on height. I don't. Yeah, it doesn't I mean, matter to me. I think I do prefer, like, small, 
I guess thinner guys. Or, yeah. And I, I've decided, I think it's because I'm scared of men. So I have like men who look a little bit less threatening and like less like like the damage that they can do to me is gonna be less. I mean, <laughs> which I, is irrational, people. It is. <laughs> you don't understand that. I. I hey, know. ladies. Yeah, I don't. I just think everybody has their preference for, and some of it may be emotional reasons. Some it could be all kinds of different reasons, but. You know, it, it runs on both sides. Men and have preferences. Okay. Some men right. prefer petite women, and that's good because there's yeah, that available. And the, some like don't shame your female friends. Right. You know? So stop yes. shaming each other and stop harming yourself to yeah. fit an external ideal. Do what's yeah. good for you and what's well, healthy. Yeah, and that's the whole point. Is you yeah. know, we really just need to stop shaming ourselves, stop shaming others, and and be more accepting of our bodies just mm-hmm. the way they are. Um, you know, and do things for the right reasons, like you're talking about, you know, it being health reasons, mm-hmm. you know, and setting positive examples for your children. It's not about how, what we look like on the outside. It's it's how we take care of ourselves on the inside and nourish our bodies. You can contact the podcast at BrokeBrokenPodcast at gmail.com. The Broken Broken Podcast can be found on Twitter at BrokeBrokenShow, on Instagram and Facebook at BrokeBrokenPodcast.